You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Hello and welcome to episode 97 of the Soul Forge podcast. Welcome to the Soul Forge, a place of silent mystery, quiet contemplation, and outright mayhem. Join your host, Sean Vanderloo, as he guides you through the adventures of living. Together, we'll talk about life and love, sex and dating, joy and heartache, memories and loss, and so much more. Don't worry, it's not nearly as pretentious as it sounds. Get ready for life, the universe, and everything on The Soul Forge. Hey gang, just before we start the podcast that we recorded about a week and a half ago, I received an email from Crystal, who is the subject of this episode. Uh, she wanted you to know that she was very nervous on this episode. Uh, she had more to say, so we'll probably have her for a return podcast one of these days. Uh, she wanted to also talk about how she is treated as a trans individual, and she was very nervous, and she wasn't sure exactly how to get her thoughts into words easily and quickly. She had never been on a podcast. As we all know, that can be nerve-wracking. So what follows is the episode as we recorded it with this little mini-introduction with Crystal's thoughts and concerns. So without further ado, here we go. Hey folks, it's another exciting episode of the Soul Forge, and we've got a special guest this week. Actually, we have two special guests. Uh, of course, I'm your regular host, Sean, and with me today, you've heard her before on the podcast. Who are you? I'm Karen. And you are the mother of our other guest. I'm Crystal. How are you doing, Crystal? Tired a bit. Tired? But surviving? Yeah. Ready for your first foray into podcasting? Not really. But you're excited about it, though, right? Definitely. You look super excited. I, I, I couldn't, I, I couldn't, uh, you know, if, if they had excited next to a picture in the dictionary, it would be your face right now. Do you believe me? Debatable. <laughs> debatable, yes. Debatable. Very debatable. Okay, so we are here to talk about your life story. How does that make you feel? I mean, I'm very open about it since... I'm in a documentary and all that stuff. That's right. Let's, uh, let's start with that. Uh, you, Karen, showed me this documentary last week. It's called In the Turn, and it was filmed five or six years five ago? Five years ago, yeah. Crystal was 11 when it was filmed, and the fundraising was done when she was 9 and 10. So uh, that's when the whole process started. Okay, so In the Turn was basically, and correct me if I'm wrong, if I don't have it all, all the facts straight here, uh, it was about a, uh, well, roller, no, I'm, I've got that wrong already, right? <laughs> roller derby. A roller derby collective. Yes. A queer roller derby collective called the Vagine Regime. That's right. And it was mainly about Fifi Nomenon, or was it about all of them? Well, it was about all of them. There were several different stories through the... Uh, through the show. Fifi Nomenon was the one that caught Crystal's attention in the fundraiser video. And, and what was it about her that uh, drew you to it? It was just, it drew me to it because of how successful she was and how grown up she was being transgender. Okay, so you found out about this documentary in the fundraising stage. Yeah, and that's when I kind of sent in my entire story to them. You got your mom to write a letter. Yeah. An email. 
Yeah, she she found the um, the video on Kickstarter, and she said, "Hey, mom, watch this. You need to make this movie happen." And they were trying to fundraise like thirty five thousand U S dollars, and I'm like, Crystal, we don't have that kind of money. <laughs> I can't fund this movie. She's like, "But I need it to happen, so we need to make this happen." And I said, "What do you want me to do?" She says, "Tell them about me." You were going through some changes, I guess we would say, and it turns out you just wanted them to make the film, and you actually became a big part of it. Yeah, I was, I was mainly surprised that they let me in the film. You were, you were in quite a bit of it. Yeah, I think I was in the first 30 minutes, not sure the exact time. Uh, you were interwoven, I think, right? Yeah, it's been a couple of years since you watched it. But yeah, there's, you, it starts with you, when it wasn't even about you to begin with. And it ends with you. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. Uh, where could our listeners actually find it if they wanted to? Um, it's on Prime Video. It's also on Vimeo and on the iTunes Store. Perfect, and it's called In the Turn. Yes. And it's all about, how, well, what, how would you describe it? Queer, transgender, just or just roller derby girls? Well, there, there's a number of stories spaced out. Mm-hmm. Um, the story of queer skaters and Crystal's story is mixed in with those stories because they stepped up and uh, did some pretty amazing things for her when she was feeling really down about not being allowed to play sports here in Timmins. That's right. That's how it started because because you're transgender. You They didn't know whether to put you in the boys' club or in the girls' club. And so they said, you can't be in any. Is that pretty much how it turned out? Yeah, they just didn't allow me to play any sports. Because they couldn't figure out where to put you. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. So let's let's talk about this. Um, now, a lot of our listeners might not have any experience with chan- transgender people of any kind. So you, right now, you're 16? Yeah. Okay, and you've, you were born a boy, but you never felt like a boy. Is that basically how this works? Kind of. I didn't exactly feel like myself until I discovered I was transgender. And what... What was the the moment where you discovered that you were? I think I was like three or something, and my mom bought some dolls. I don't remember it entirely. No, because you were three. You were really little. And right from when you could speak, you were telling me that you were a girl. And it took me a while to to figure out that that was was the truth. I think you just always kind of knew who you were. Other people tried to tell you differently, but we just needed to catch up. So you talked to a doctor or something, and the doctor said, buy, yeah, buy, we your, went to... buy, buy dresses or buy just to see, or how'd that work out? Yeah, I think that was when you were six, I think, or no, you were... Yeah, I asked yeah. Grandma to make me an Easter dress. And yeah, we went but even right church. before that, when we went to the doctor the first time, because you were, you were pretty miserable, and you were only six, and I was, I was really worried about your mental health. And uh, the doctor asked if she could speak to you just alone for a while without me in the room. And you talked to her. And when I came back, the doctor said, uh, have you ever thought about buying your child a skirt? I said, well, I don't know. Why would you have thought of that? <laughs> and, have. Uh, and so she, she said to, to me, you know, why don't you take her shopping, get her some new clothes, and um, come back next week and let me know how it goes. And that day... There was a huge turnaround in your behavior. Like, you came home, you got changed, and all of the behaviors that I thought had to do with mental illness disappeared in one day. And so that was when I changed my mind about what was going on, because skirts don't cure mental illness. 
you they don't. You wouldn't think so. No. Or else everybody would be wearing a skirt. Exactly. <laughs> so you, you put on the skirt and you just immediately felt different? I felt like I was like myself when I had the skirt on. So how did that change your your outlook on life? Did it Was it a big, huge difference right away? Or was it just like, oh, you know what? I think I'm finally home kind of a thing. Like, this is this is me. This this feels right. It was like a kind of home sort of thing where I could feel comfortable going out and being in school. So one day, everybody saw you as a boy, and the next they saw you as a girl. How, how did the people around you react? They weren't sure really how to treat it or what to call me. I just had to correct them on what they were saying. And was that hard to do? Yeah, some people didn't exactly listen to what I was saying. I just kind of kept on telling them, so they got used to it. I stuck with, you know, female pronouns and my current name. And do you remember the name you were born with? Isaac. And if anybody was to just say, hey, Isaac, would you answer to that, or does that not even really register for you? It doesn't register at all. I just ignore them. Because it, it doesn't even feel like you, you've been crystal for how long? Since you were six? I think so. Yeah. You tested out a couple of other names before that, but they didn't last long. And, and how did you settle on this one, finally? Uh, I think it was because the name that I had before was, like, something that really standed out. I just wanted to kind of well, be normal with my name mm -hmm. compared to other girls. I just wanted to sound like one of the girls. Just like, yeah. just like a regular girl name. Mm -hmm. Nothing flashy or fancy or... And is there anybody in your family, or was there a, like a celebrity named Crystal, or it's just a name you picked? It was a name that I came up with. I don't exactly what was running, well, I don't exactly know what was running through my head. So no special meaning, really. It's just a name you liked. Yeah. Okay. All right. And so now you've been Crystal for 10 years. Yep. Roughly. Okay. And people treat you just like you're a regular person, right? Yeah, they treat me like they... Just know that I was born a girl. They didn't know about my past, really. They didn't know any of that, how I was born a guy and all of that. Okay, because what I, I met you for the first time, what, two, three months ago, mm -hmm. roughly? Yeah, I think so. Okay, and, and you came over, and I, I think you were here for Coffee Club or a Star Trek night or, or something. I don't remember why you were here. But uh, if you hadn't have told me that Crystal was not Crystal... Originally, I would not know. No, and some people who meet her come up to me afterwards and said, um, I thought your kid was trans. And I said, well, yeah. And they say, well, when's he going to start looking like a guy? Like, doesn't she want to be a guy? I said, no. <laughs> so people just, unless they've seen the documentary, unless they've talked to us, they don't know. Right. Because, yeah, there's nothing to indicate that you're not a girl. So... Really? Because she is. Right, exactly. And, and it's, it's hard for people to, I guess, wrap their mind around how it actually all works, right? You, you said mm -hmm. there's been a lot of, or some at least, uh, intolerance? Yeah, depending on the person. I think it was mainly my dad to start out with who wasn't really sure about it. He thought it was mainly influenced by my mother's gay friends, but that doesn't really make any sense. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense at all. Like, he, your dad thought because your mom knew some gay people, that would make you... Yeah, and I was hanging around them, so... So naturally, you decided, okay, yeah, no, that doesn't make any sense at all. Now, I don't know what else to actually ask. 
Like, is is there like a like some kind of message that you'd like to the listening audience to know? Like, I don't really have anything for that. Okay, because you said the other day you had like all kinds of things to talk about, and now you're you're kind of blank. Right, like because I I don't know what what kind of things to ask. I, I've well, I can't say I've never met transgender people before because there, there's quite a few here in Timmins, actually. I've noticed yeah. over the last few years. And some some are out, and some you would never know. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that that's probably one important thing is that because you don't know what someone's story is, you don't know where they've come from, that's one of the most important reasons to just always speak with respect because... You know, if you're being nasty about someone who's obviously transgender, you may also be insulting someone who you're speaking to or who's right there because they're stealth and you don't know. Right, right. So you would call Crystal stealth because it's not obvious. Not fully because she speaks openly about it and she's in the documentary. Stealth is usually people who don't. Oh, who don't even talk about it. No. Oh, okay. No. Okay. Um, So you wouldn't know at all. And and so um, you end up hurting people, even if, you know, if you're being mean, you're hurting people anyway. Yes. But if you're if you think you're being mean about someone who can't hear you, you may be hurting someone who can without even knowing it. That's true. Collateral damage. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, can we talk about the hormone blockers? You, you've taken those for how long? I think a few years, like two or something around there. Yeah. And, and that's to... Is it to delay or to stop the onset of puberty? Or am I getting that wrong? No, it, it stops the onset of puberty until someone stops taking them or until they start taking replacement hormones. Okay. So she could take uh, estrogen supplements. Yeah. Okay. And it, it stops you from growing a beard. Yeah, it stops kind of all of the... All the changes. Yeah. Okay. And, and you had to wait until you got tall enough that uh, you wouldn't be super short oh, to start it, taking them. Oh, because it would affect your height, too. Mm-hmm. Ah, okay. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Okay, so what's the next step? I guess getting everything in order to be able to take estrogen because they give, like, mood swings and all of that kind of stuff that comes with puberty, I guess. Okay, and so you're you're almost 17. When are you allowed to take the estrogen supplements? Is that basically a personal choice, or can you do it at any time? Or uh, I need to, like, keep myself in order because the mood swings are could be really unpredictable and could mess up my schooling, even though it's already quite messed up now. Right. So at sixteen, your body's able to handle hormone replacement, uh-huh. and you're old enough to make that decision legally. Oh, okay. But they won't give someone estrogen or hormone replacements if your mental health is already suffering just Mm. because hormones can really mix up the way you're feeling. And so you have to be able to cope with what's already going on before they'll add something else that you also have to deal with. Right. That makes sense. So, so you just need to get your mind in order and feel good about everything. And then once that's all taken care of, then you can do that. Yeah. And then the more big changes will come during the estrogen. And eventually you'll have, like, the major surgery to finish it off, or have you decided on that? Uh, I eventually will, when it, I guess, becomes more correctly done. Because now, oh, it's it's kind of weird how they do it. You have to, I guess, take care of it, or it'll get infected and close up or something like that. Well, that's, the, that's with any surgery. You have to do the aftercare. 
They're getting better. There's there's only, I think, one clinic in all of Canada that does it, though. Ah, uh, okay. And it is quite expensive. It's covered now. Is it? Yeah. Well, in some places it's expensive. Like if I were to move out of Canada, which I'm not, I'm not right. going to move out soon. Um, it's covered at that one clinic. If you don't want to wait as long as the waiting list, then you can pay and like go out of the country, like she was saying, and get it done well somewhere else. But major dollars. Major dollars. Right. Yeah. Okay. But you know. That's something to talk to the doctor about and figure out the waiting list and all of that. The waiting list must be absolutely humongous, right? I think so. I think it's a couple of years once you get approved. And once you, once you get approved, you have to get in within a certain time or your funding approval expires and it's a, it's a whole thing. Oh, geez, a whole bunch of hoops and stuff to but go you, through. You know some people who've been through it. So when, you're, when you are ready to go through all that, you'll be able to talk to them and... I think there was a person in the documentary who got it done. There was. There was that. Yeah, Ellie. Ella? Yes, yes. And his, her her dad kept calling her Greg. That, yeah. that one, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, and that was in the States. So the, uh, the process of being approved and paying for it would be very different there than here. Right, yes. Actually, I, I definitely recommend the documentary to the listeners. Because uh, I was watching it, and there was the one lady, She maybe it was Fifi, she had the red hair. Yes. That was her. And so they were concentrating on her throughout the, through the show. And near the end of the thing, they had mentioned that she was born a man. I had no idea. So, wow. Like, you just don't know. Mm-hmm. And... Um... And that was that was what drew Crystal was was her story was drew Crystal to the whole I need to hear more. Well, no doubt. Because um, after being kicked out of soccer, when Crystal was little, she was like the star of a soccer team, and she was doing really well in school. Like you and one other kid were always competing for top grades in the grade, and she like had all these friends, and then she got kicked out of sports, and she didn't want to go to school, and things just started to fall. And it all started with not being allowed to play soccer. Mm, okay. And then this this woman, who was a girl like her, who is successful and confident and playing sports and succeeding in life, and she's like, no, I need to hear that story. Right. And so they did some fundraising, and they sent you guys down to L.A. so you could be in the show, and they came up here, I guess, is what happened yeah, as well? Yeah, they spent a week up here. A week, okay. And they didn't like the cold. Hmm? They didn't like the cold at all. <laughs> they came up from L.A. in March, figuring, oh, it's spring, that's an okay time to go to Canada. It was minus 38. Right. <laughs> yes, yes, it would be. That's minus 38 uh, Celsius yeah. for our non-Canadian listeners. But, uh, yeah, so I, I watched this documentary, and I'm like, Yep, I know that place. I know that place. Yep, been there before. And, uh, yeah, so it starts out with you, and it ends with you, and it talks about all these people in roller derby. Uh, it shows you, actually, Karen, in your roller derby outfit. Yeah. And how they uh, they put you on the team, Crystal, in, in, I can't remember what the team was called now. but uh, The Gnarlies. The Gnarlies, and you can be on it any time you want, any time you're in L.A., because, you know, it's not far from here at all, <laughs> but... Uh, a few hours in flight, not that bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so that's pretty cool. You're kind of famous. 
you've been in a documentary. I haven't been in a documentary. That, that's awesome. I mean, you're the one running the podcast, I, though. I am running the podcast. That's true. And it's uh, meant to teach me new things, uh, tell the listeners new things. This is something that I don't have any experience with, so I'm glad you decided to come on the show and uh, impart your wisdom and your experience to us. Is there any other particular things we should talk about? Anything else I should have asked you or... Any, any advice that you have for people who encounter people like you and they don't know what to say? Well, I guess if you don't know what to say to a trans person and you're not, I guess, sure what they identify as, you should probably ask them first and instead of just assuming. Because if you assume the wrong one, it could hurt them quite a bit. Because it's a sensitive topic. Yeah. And I think that that is actually really important because a lot of people... Um, who are not members of the LGBT community, they feel rude asking what someone's pronouns are, what someone's gender is. Because, you know, people often get insulted if they are not in the LGBT community. But within trans community, it is polite to ask somebody how they identify and how they'd like to be referred. Okay, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Right, because there's all kinds of options, right? Yeah. Some go by they. Yeah. Even though they're one person. Well... But they're not. They're, mul they're a multitude inside themselves, right? Is that why they no, say that? No. Okay. Think about it this way. If you are in a restaurant and you go to get seated at the table and there's a jacket or a bag or something sitting there and you're going to say to the waitress or the waiter, someone left their coat here. They. Singular. It's a one person. You just don't know. Mm. They're not male. They're not female. They're they. So if somebody doesn't fit neatly into the box of he or she, right. they is an option that's already existing. Okay, that There are sense. all kinds of other non-binary pronouns, but they is one that's already in the language, mm -hmm. so it's easier for people to remember than some of the ones that were just made up by people and tried to incorporate, because people don't listen to that and they don't hear it. And so, so for example, I'm talking to somebody... Uh, mentioning that Crystal was here talking about her story, and I wouldn't say, I could say she was here talking about her story, or I could say they were here talking about their story. For Crystal, you would say she. Right. Okay. For me, you could say any of the above. You could say they. You could say she. Because you identify as, as what? Exactly? Gender fluid. Which means? At different points in my life and at different points in time, I've been all of the above. A different, you know, it changes. Right. It has changed over time. And it still changes? Sometimes. Yeah. Less than it used to. Okay. And by that you mean sometimes you feel like a woman, sometimes you feel like a man. Yeah. Sometimes. Sometimes I feel like, I don't know what, somewhere <sighs> in between, whatever. So sometimes it doesn't matter. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. And I guess the last thing I wanted to talk about is, uh, before we started recording, you mentioned that you have an internet boyfriend in the UK. Yeah. Okay. And he knows all about everything? He knows completely about everything, and he was completely accepting of it. He didn't mind at all. And he's how old? He's, you know, like... You're roughly your age? Roughly, yeah. Okay. Just a bit older. Just a bit? Yeah. Okay. Not like in his he, 20s. That's but he's not like 30 or something. He's not like no. an old man. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And is there plans to meet? In the future, yeah. And, and how long has the dating been going on for? I mean... Roughly. We've known each other for a few years. Oh, okay. We've dated... The first time that we dated, it was for like four months, and I guess we were still getting to know each other, so it didn't work out as well. 
but the second time that we're dating now, it's working much better since we know more about each other, and it's been going for like three months. This is why she wakes me up at four o'clock in the morning, because she's talking to someone in the UK. Gotcha, because there is quite a bit of a time difference. They're, what, five, five hours ahead, right? Something like that, yeah. yeah. Five or four. Yeah, because I know quite a few UK people, and yeah, I think whenever we Skype, they're, I think, roughly five hours ahead of mm-hmm. here, so that makes sense. One day you guys will meet, and that's exciting. Of course it is. Definitely, for sure. All right. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Well, that was fantastic. I definitely thank you for sharing your story with us. Now, you did tell me before we started recording that if people are inspired or do have any other further questions that you maybe can help them with in their life, uh, the best place to reach you is on Twitter, and you're at Blink Thunder. That's correct. Okay. That's perfect. Any other parting thoughts you think we should uh, leave with? Or that's pretty much it? I think that's pretty much it for now. Okay. I think that was a good, well-rounded discussion. Mm-hmm. Thank you guys for both being here. Uh, listeners, hope you found some inspiration, some meaning, expanded your worldview, learned something new. Leave a five-star review in the iTunes store. Share the podcast with all your friends and neighbors. And remember, if you see your glass is half empty, pour it into a smaller glass and stop bitching. This has been another episode of the Soul Forge podcast. Find us on Twitter at SoulForgePod or email the show via SoulForgePodcast at gmail.com. SoulForge is a production of Sean Vanderloo and Friends. You can find Sean on Twitter and Instagram at Darth Vaderloo. Remember to visit SoulForgePodcast.com for all of our social media links and share the show with everyone you know. Thanks for stopping by the Forge. We'll keep the fires lit until your next visit. This is Mandy from CasterQuest, and we're inviting you to join us as we explore Patrick Rothfuss's best-selling fantasy series, The Kingkiller Chronicle. You can find CasterQuest at CasterQuest.com, on SoundCloud, on Apple Podcasts, or at our podcast network at ESOPodcast.com. Master Kilvin, old ass man, a selling lamps to folks in Emre, Will and Sim and Deox, Tanshin, Tabalin the Great. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network. Your station for all things geek.